Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, have you ever met someone for the first time, shook hands and had a gut feeling that you can't trust that person? Or maybe had a knowing or at the very least a gentle persuasion that something's off or needs our attention? Or maybe you've faced a challenge, but had a sense, a warm feeling of inner peace and love in your heart, because you know that everything is going to be okay. We're often told to trust our gut, but what does it actually mean? And more importantly, how do you do it? Most of us believe that our intuition or our inner knowing voice has value, but we're at a complete loss as to how to actually access it and how to hear it. We're even more dumbfounded as to how to use it on demand. So today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about intuition and I have my two very special guests here with me. One, Rebecca Gibson, psychic medium to the stars and spiritual business coach. Hey, Beck. Hello. Totally intuitive. Totally intuitive. (laughs) (laughs) And we also have, who apparently um, is pulling faces at Rebecca right now, (laughs) Alexandria Joy or AJ, business coach, futurist, speaker, author, yogi, who's had some profound spiritual experiences and just an all-time great woman. Hello. An all-round ordinary gal. Hello. (laughs) So glad to have you both on here again because, yes, you're both semi-regulars, I would say. I know, and then we get to do this together for the first time. I know. Time. I it's, think we might laugh It's the first time bit. you've actually it's been on together. It's very exciting. That's why I'm pulling faces. We're trying to behave ourselves. <laughs> like naughty school kids <laughs> allowed in the room together. Absolutely. And, I, and I've asked both of you on today because you're two people that I know are very um, in tune with your own intuition but you and you work with it. Mm. Um, and... You've both been on your own journeys, I would say, from what I know of both of you, in, in terms of learning about what your intuition is and how you can tap into that. Um, and I know myself, I sometimes I get a bit confused as to whether was that intuition, was that fear, was that mm. hope, what, what does that look like? And I'm like, if I have those questions, maybe other people do too. Yeah. Yeah. So AJ, I'm going to start with you because I've known you a very long time. Yes. 17 years mm-hmm. and we were 10 when we met. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely we we're 10 years old and we worked together both at John Hunter Hospital and then at work cover mm. and I remember when we were doing team building training once we all did Mike uh, Myers-Briggs yes as uh, an exercise which is a personality type testing where everybody kind of figures out all the little how they how you operate I guess what your personality is on it on a continuum and um, measures against different attributes as to how you respond to different situations how you think how you operate mm. and one thing I remember about you was that it came out that you're very much a thinker or you were a thinker as opposed to a feeler. Yes. Whereas I'm very much, I've always been a feeler. Most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so given that we talk about intuition as, you know, listening to our gut and, and feeling, um, you know, our gut feeling, tell us about being, you were a thinker. Do you, are you still a thinker now or, or, and have you... You know, how have you ten- learned to tap into your intuition? I've curbed my thinking. <laughs> um, 
I, I guess thinking can only get us so far and I often bang on about David Hawkins' frequency scale and in it thinking is below love. So the intellect can only go so far and then you need to drop into the heart and the gut to go beyond. For me, it was, I guess, learning to meditate, learning to become more still. And I think when it comes, I think, <laughs> and I know, when it comes to intuition, we have that suppressed from a young age in that as children we're told to believe what our parents tell us what our teachers tell us and so even though our inner voice might be saying something we're being told something different by an adult and so we start to defer to what the adult is saying and so for me I believe I suppressed a lot of my intuition I had a lot of it as a child and a bit prophetic sometimes at um, when I was younger and that all got squashed and I started to just go for the academic because I could see that's what got me reward and that's what got me um, I guess my parents to be happy with me and all of those sorts of things and school and education all pushes you into thinking and so I pushed my intuition down and sort of lost the voice and and it took a while and it took stillness because we're so busy and noisy to actually start to tune in tap in to it again and so, Beck, what is our intuition? It's your higher consciousness speaking to you. So your ego, your thinking mind is your consciousness and your higher consciousness is your soul. It's the smartest part of you and it's navigated through feelings. But I was just thinking what um, AJ said about teaching our kids not to trust themselves. I'm sitting here feeling guilty about the Santa Claus and Tooth Fairy thing because as a mm. collective, we constantly lie to children. And then when they question us, oh, this isn't true. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And then we gaslight them. Now I feel horrible. Mm. <laughs> There's and a whole it's, tradition it's of it. It's true though, right? like as a collective. Because mm -hmm. sometimes I think, am I going to tell her the truth? No, I don't want it to spoil for the other kids and – Right. All the movies, you just think all the things that we're propagandized to, to Absolutely. not trust our intuition and not trust how we're feeling about things. And even, I know my mum says she used to take me shopping as a little child and certain people in the, in the queue, like at a grocery store or something, I would cry or say, I don't feel well in my tummy looking at that man mm. <laughs> or woman or whatever. And she would be like, shh, shh don't, don't be exactly. embarrassing, don't offend people. And that, to me, was a gut reaction. That's what you were talking about in your intro, Mel, about yeah. getting a sense from people and knowing whether you can trust or like someone. And so often that's suppressed. We're told as little children, shh, shh, shh. Be or, polite. Yeah, be polite. Be a nice girl. Yes. Be a good girl. And also, if you're like, okay, I don't have a good feeling about that person, you can be told by a teacher, parent, a, an adult of authority, no, you're just being silly. That person's really nice. Mm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or you're being rude. Rude or silly. The onus is on the kid, like there's something wrong with you and they're just naturally tuning into their intuition. Mm. So we lose that over time, do you think? Oh, absolutely. I think so. I think, yes. it's, I think it's propagandized out of us, yeah. programmed out of us. Programmed, yeah. So why do you think that it's important for us to listen to our intuition? Because I know I'm much happier and more content and fulfilled because I live my life completely guided by my intuition and not my thoughts on things. And when I have lived a life where I've been completely in ego, completely um, 
leading my life through my thoughts, I've got myself into situations where I haven't been happy, I've gone through trauma, things haven't gone well for me and next minute you're down on your knees on the bathroom floor, why me, why is this happening? And then intuition kicks in again and really strongly guides you and then I'm like, well, how do I find that in my life every day so I never find myself on the bathroom floor again? (laughs) When you're tapping into your intuition, what do you think that feels like? How do you know? For me, it comes quick and fast, but it's quiet. And so I do need to be still to hear my intuition. The ego, however, is loud and strong (laughs) and it's normally more fearful. So it's always about keeping you safe. So the ego will say to me, don't do that because this might happen. Careful, that might happen. Whereas the intuition for me feels more subtle and it's quieter and it's like, there you are. Oh, notice that. And it's almost like bubbles in a drink that come up kind of this delirious little and and it's very subtle. And if I don't listen to it, it'll come up again at another time. And I'm like, oh, there it is again. So you have to be still and quiet enough, I think, to notice the intuition. To stop those thoughts. Mm. I think once you've learned to work with your intuition, it can be subtle. But for most people who are running their life in ego, when, in, when they do pay attention to intuition, it's like a slap in the face from the universe. <laughs> You're like, oh, because you didn't pick up. Because they've missed it You didn't pick up on the subtlety. You can't hear it. <laughs> That's why stilling your mind, your egoic mind, mm. stilling your egoic mind and putting out the white noise that ego, because ego's constantly at you about the past or worrying about the future and it's never in the present moment Mm. and when you can still the ego like quieten it down like park yourself to the side that's when your soul your higher consciousness your intuition can start speaking to you and you can hear it and then be led by it but you have to find some form of activity to quieten your ego down so meditation doesn't work for everybody coloring in is a really good way to quieten your mind down because ego gets so bored at doing mundane activities that exercise the right brain and ego will just go off somewhere and then you can start to hear your thoughts. I mean, we've been giving it to patients in psychiatry for years because colouring in actually calms down their hallucinations and their thoughts and it's able to put them in a more peaceful place. So that's a really good way to listen to your intuition. Another way... Um, is automatic writing. Mm. So there's lots of things on YouTube called binaural beats for automatic writing. And there are specific frequencies designed to set off your synapses in a certain way. And then you just sit in quietness somewhere. Outdoors is always the best place. No shoes on, really ground your energy into the earth and just have a journal or something to write on and just start blurting out whatever comes into your thoughts. You just... Sometimes it's just gobbledygook and you're like, what is this? But it's a good way to tell the difference between your ego voice and your soul voice because your ego voice will start telling you, what are you writing that for? That's ridiculous. You should be doing something else. It's like that nagging parent. Mm. It's like nag, nag, nag. And your soul will be like, keep writing, keep writing, write this. And then all of a sudden you start to tell the difference between what your ego is and what your soul is. Yeah. I was doing some vision boarding on the weekend just on my own Mm. at home. I think it was on Saturday when it was rainy. What else are you going to do? Do some lovely vision boarding. <laughs> and all of a sudden I was compelled to get out a notebook and just start writing, mm. writing, 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 writing. And so I know what you mean. It was like words were just flowing, thoughts, words, 
what have you. And I have to actually go back and read it again to see what I yeah. wrote. Because half the time you won't remember what you've written. No, you'll be like, who yeah. wrote that? Yeah, <laughs> but because you were being creative and using your right brain, your left brain and your ego was just like, mm, this is boring. Mm. And then your soul all of a sudden like, quick, she's quiet. Let's get, get this out, write this down, do this, do that. Yeah. I find it when I mow the lawn too. Yeah. Like that really mundane and making a line in the grass yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just going up and down. And as you're doing that, something like that, or even washing the dishes, as you're washing the dishes, that's when stuff starts to come in. Mm. In the shower. That's yes. why people get lots of really great ideas in the shower because yeah. ego's so used to showering, it just shuts up. And then next minute your soul's like, quick. That's why people put those like whiteboard, special whiteboard things in the shower. I put my stuff. pens in the yeah, shower so I can write on, on the, the glass. <laughs> <laughs> where all the best ideas come <laughs> yeah intuition yeah so really your ego is the chatter in your head it's yeah. it's, it's yes. when, when you're coming from a place of thinking of coming from your head whereas the uh your soul is coming from your heart yeah mm. yeah so your heart that's actually where information starts to come in from the quantum field of consciousness is through your heart your heart's this massive big electromagnetic field and it creates your energetic body, which is your aura, and starts communicating with everybody around you before your senses even kick in. Yeah. So that's why you'll be somewhere, someone will walk in behind you, and before you've heard them, seen them, smelt them, you'll feel their presence because your energetic bodies are bumping into each mm. other. And so when you've been working with your intuition a lot, you'll feel it come into your heart. But the reason why people say gut is because information will come in through your heart and then go down to your gut, which has – because the gut is – another brain well yeah. they call it the second brain they yeah. call you got the second I find I think it's the first brain I think your brain brain is the last person to receive the last organ to receive the information so you have receptors in your gut that produce dopamine serotonin they affect your mood and your perception of things and so you find like a lot of people who have perceptual disturbances in psychiatry have leaky gut constipated yes. people can get very psychotic when they're constipated it's unbelievable what can happen to people if they, they're, they're holding on to their stuff yeah literally. if they've got all that toxic stuff yeah. floating around in them it can make them quite psychotic because of how it's affecting their gut receptors and so because you're physically feeling your receptors move you're physically feeling this gut sensation to listen to your intuition so that's why you don't feel well or you might feel sick if you meet somebody and you've got a yucky feeling about them you might yes. feel it in your gut yeah and so that's, that's your intuition yes absolutely. that's one way to tell that your intuition is kicked in because you can feel it in your gut yes. yes and when kids become anxious they'll always complain about stomach pain or tummy yeah. yeah yeah absolutely let's get soulful on social media search the sister code facebook page and follow us on instagram Okay, girls, let's get personal. <laughs> when have you had a time where you have heard your intuition or your intuition has poked its little head up there, your soul, your intuition, and you haven't paid attention to it and what were the consequences? Oh, my goodness, so many. <laughs> so, so Which many. one? Which one? Okay. The biggest one in my life so far has been working far too much at the hospital, 
not sleeping, running my business during the day. Oh, so and- I'll just up there, just yeah. quickly, I forgot to say earlier, Beck's actually a psychiatric <laughs> nurse as well. <laughs> so keep going. Yeah, so working at the hospital, running my business, parenting, I was doing too much and my soul was screaming, you need to slow down, slow down, take a break, slow down. Scarcity and ego is like, no, I need the money, I have to keep doing this. Scarcity was making me drive myself to exhaustion and then this one particular day I'd come off a bunch of night shifts and my husband was so idiotic and told me that the dinner that I made from the night before wasn't one of my best and it was just it was just the trigger I needed to go off and I screamed at him I need a like I need a break and I hadn't been listening to my intuition and I hadn't been setting boundaries and doing all these things that my soul had been telling me to do and my foot literally 5 minutes after I said that spontaneously broke and forced me Mm -hmm. to take a rest and forced me to sit and listen to my intuition and my business boomed straight after my foot broke yeah Mm. what about you aj so i've had a couple of recent times where i have listened and where i haven't um or where i've listened to ego over the top and one recently where I let the ego override my intuition was I was in a suburb where I had looked at some properties that I didn't buy or I missed out on and I was a bit miffed because people had kind of gazumped me on them and I was driving past that suburb and I thought I'm going to go and look up that street (laughs) and I knew that was a little ego thing about I missed out on that and I thought no I don't really have time what are you doing and I was like nope I'm going up there and my intuition said, keep going, drive home. And my ego went, go and look. Yep. And I went and looked. And when I was driving back down the hill, someone reversed out of their driveway into my car. Oh, no. And I was like, wow, that's pretty strong message. Thank you, universe. Yep. Um, and then when I've listened to it, it's always been a visceral physical response. And like you were asking about before being a thinker or feeler, that's where I'm much more in tune now with noticing what happens in my body. I used to be more of a headless chicken. Um, and so the land that I bought, I knew the moment I stepped onto it and I didn't even look at the house. I went straight to the mountain that's on the side and the rocks. And the moment I touched the rocks that are there, I spontaneously cried and felt at home straight away. And um, you know, put an offer in on the spot and the real estate was like, well, you haven't seen the house yet or anything. And I'm like, I know, I just know. Yeah. And I knew, yeah, a, a very strong knowing. Yeah. yeah. Our emotions are such an important guidance system, but that's another thing that we're told as children. Don't show your emotion. Don't cry. Mm. Suck it up. You know, yeah. you know you're too sensitive. Why too are you emotional. Crying? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so you then learn, I can't trust my emotions. And yet mm. your emotions are the compass. Joy should be the compass for everything that you do in life, even if at the time it doesn't make any sense. Yes. Yeah. As long as you're not hurting anyone else. And especially with people, I think for you, Mel, and the work you do with your charity as well, in um, those kind of domestic violence, abuse, all of those sorts of things, violence of any kind, we always say to people, look out for red flags. Um But as you and I know, we don't always see the red flag or we might get an inkling of it, but we don't trust that. And that's a muscle that you have to build just like any other muscle. So to learn more about what does a red flag feel like um, and then to start to trust that and notice it and honour it for yourself, I think a lot of it comes down to your sense of self-worth and that the messages that you're getting from inside your own universe is more important than the messages from outside of you. Yeah. 
So I years ago, I had an experience where my intuition, my gut was screaming at me with some red flags. So waving the red flags right in front of me and I did not listen. Mm-hmm. So I was applying for a job. It's when I was leaving work cover and I was applying for a job because I wanted to work in Newcastle again and stop traveling to the central coast every day. And I went for a job interview and there were two women interviewing me and one of the women who would be my boss, I just got an icky feeling from her. I was sitting there and I was watching the HR go and I'm like, no, she, I, she's lovely. I can, I can, I get that. Mm-hmm. And the woman who was going to be my boss, she didn't say anything, you know, but I, I just got this sense. I'm like, oh, something doesn't feel right here. Anyway, they ended up offering me the job. And I said, yes, but I still got this icky sense inside me. And so I reached out to her and I said, look, I'm, I've just got a few queries about taking the job. Could we meet for coffee? So I went and had a coffee with her because I was like, I just need to try and allay those fears. It, is it fear? Is it my gut? What is it? So I went and had the coffee with her and I still didn't feel right, mm. but I so desperately wanted to stop commuting that I took the job and it ended up she was a workplace psychopath and she really was. She turned not only my world upside down but the world of everybody that I worked with. So I I wasn't Robinson Crusoe Mm. but she made, you know, our lives hell and I was physically sick at Mm. work a number of times. I remember, yeah, look, I'm sitting here, I'm holding my stomach. But I remember going out to the car, my car, and vomiting into a coffee cup. Like that's how toxic and poisonous she was. And the company ended up firing her because it wasn't just me. It Mm. was she was impacting everybody. But I knew it. I knew when I went for that interview, I felt it. And when I went and met with her again, you know, I, and I didn't listen to it. Mm. Um, I, you know what? I listened to my, what my ego, I didn't listen to my mm. intuition because my ego is going, no, you don't want to commute anymore. You want to come and work in Newcastle. I should have held out for something, something else, but you know, and, and that was, I ended up having to have therapy after that to get over it because yeah. she absolutely crushed my confidence. Mm. And I was always a confident, you know, person in the workplace yes yeah but then conversely on a positive a positive time um when I was listening to my intuition I was coming to the end of my chemotherapy I had breast cancer 11 years ago and had the surgery and chemotherapy and radiation and I remember I was coming towards the end of my my chemotherapy and I remember standing in my kitchen with my hubby and he he was saying to me well are you going to go back to your photography business and he said, why don't you just get a job? Don't worry about photography. And I was like, no, I just have this sense I'm meant to be doing it. And it really was. I had this feeling. Again, it was this feeling in my gut. I had mm. this feeling. I'm like, said to him, no, I have this feeling I'm meant to be doing the photography. Like it would be easy to go and get a job and work for someone, you know, as opposed to having a small business, mm-hmm. a small photography business. And he was he was kind of really poo-pooing the whole thing and he was annoying me. I'm going to be honest, it was annoying me. <laughs> but he was, was in his head probably. Totally in his head and, yeah. the, and the fear stuff. But I was like, no, I'm meant to be doing this. I don't know why. And I also had the sense that I'm going to be okay. The cancer, mm. you know, I've had treatment, I'm going to be okay. Anyway, thank goodness I did that because sticking with the photography 
you know, and that was that's hard work. Like that was taking the hard road, not the easy road. Mm. It led me down this whole other life path of going to Nepal and, you know, um, numerous times and volunteering and then studying the sister code and studying Got Your Back Sister and now podcasting. It set me on this whole other trajectory in my life that has been about of service and, and, and helping people in the community. And so I often reflect on that and go, was that the sense that I was getting? Because the easy thing would have been mm-hmm. to go and, and, and get a job and work for the man so to speak so I often reflect and go that I felt like that was my intuition that was a knowing it's like no you're meant to do this and following your creativity just like you were when you were doing your vision board on the weekend doing something creative yeah yeah I think the head still has a part to play um we don't want to throw all logic away necessarily but I do believe decision making without using intuition the heart and the gut is invalid And so often in Western world, we're just pushed into head. So I always say, if you're going to make a decision, go through what would my head say? What would my heart say? What does my gut say? As opposed to just thinking. And often people are given that whole thing of write a list of good things and bad things. And usually they're all just logic and thinking. And confuses you more. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, well, write write a list of what your gut thinks. Write a list of what physical responses do I notice when I think about that thing? Yeah, or when I'm doing that Because thing. our higher consciousness knows the steps ahead because mm. there's no such thing as linear time. There's just energy. So our higher consciousness knows what's going to happen in our life based on decisions that we've made. So I've learned now if it feels good but it doesn't make any sense, just do it because it takes you on a path that you would never have foreseen for yourself had you not have – taken that step towards what your soul had told you to do yeah i would never have my business if i'd listened to my ego absolutely Mm. and even on the weekend uh i was with a girlfriend michelle and we were working in my yard and she had this really strong intuition to sit and meditate with rocks and so we went to a circle i've got of rocks and we sat and meditated and then we got a clue about a bridge and i said there's a bridge down here locally and i'm really interested in what's its history and everything we we went let's get in the car threw our shovels down got in the car went down to the bridge and then found all this history of this old disused bridge that led us on this goose chase around the town but it ended up doing a full circle and being something that we then contributed back onto the land and what we were doing and had we just been in our logic um, we would not have done that. And we both commented that most people, if they heard us and what we were talking about and how we were just following the energy, and we called it follow the energy, follow the energy, people would go, you guys have lost the plot. <laughs> <laughs> but it ended up being really valuable and fruitful. Yeah. yeah. Want to fill your soul with more? Go to thesisterco.com. So I want to talk now about intuition in terms of when is it a spiritual process and when is it a physiological process because I was reading an article and it was actually talking about how they have done some um, research into intuition like everything I guess people want to be able to understand it more and, and put it in terms of science not necessarily in terms of you know the greater universe and Mm. you know trying to to, um quantify and qualify all of that so the research was done at the university of leeds and it the study showed how the intuitive part of the brain knows 
a right answer long before the analytical part of the brain, because there's actually two parts of the brain, the analytical part of the brain and the intuitive part of the brain. And so apparently the intuitive part of the brain is always working in subconsciously in the background um, and makes decisions very quickly based on what feels good, feels right, patterns of past experiences. Whereas the other operating system, the analytical operating system is actually quite slow and deliberate. And so the university did this study where they had two decks of cards that had been rigged um, and they had 50 participants that had to play cards with these two decks. And so one of the cards was rigged so that there would be really big wins and really big losses and the other deck of cards that there would be small wins and small losses. Anyway, they were measuring sweat glands of the participants and they said that after they'd played, you know, so many rounds that people started to get a feel for, okay, there's something wrong with this deck. The big wins, big losses didn't feel right that they gravitated. And they said that this, that the other pack, they wanted to play with this other pack, which was the small gains, small losses, small gains, because it was felt like it was, they were playing it safe by doing that. However, before they actually came to that decision, they said that the sweat glands in the palms of their hands opened up and started sweating when they were using the dangerous or the the perceived dangerous pack as opposed to the other one. So they were kind of, the whole research was going, okay, well, um, you know, there is some physiology based on subconscious, you know, um, the way that that intuitive part of your brain works. So I kind of go... I was reading that and thinking, well, when is it more of a spiritual connection with a higher self and when is it more of a physiological? Okay, just to clarify, yeah. before they did it, were they told the risk factors of those cards because, <gasps> or were they just not given any information at all? I'm not sure. I'm going to be honest. Because if they were told the risk factors of the cards, that would then impact on their nervous system, which would cause their hands to sweat. It's like when people have panic and stuff, it's their nervous systems reacting. So if they're nervous about risk, then they'll have a physiological response. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when you, Beck, because I know you're very spiritual and you, um, you know, you're psychic and a psychic medium. So when you're tapping into your intuition, do you feel as though that you're getting guidance from... Yeah, it, uh, yeah, my chest reacts, my heart reacts. And yeah. That's how I can tell now. And my brain's the last thing that's going to interpret the information. Yeah. And so in the beginning, before I, I mean, because I've always been psychic medium, but then I would shut it down, especially working in the environments that I've been. When I decided to do, when I decided to say yes to the universe and come out of the spiritual closet and tell everybody that I was a psychic medium and start this business, I had to train myself to catch the information coming through at its purest form before my ego got involved and so the greatest advice that I was ever given is just blurted because I still sometimes will want to my ego will want to interpret what I'm seeing to give to the client from a logical place Mm. which is based on my experiences and my perception and it doesn't make any it's not for me to filter yeah 
to filter or interpret the information. It's for me to give the information as it's coming through in its purest form, even if my ego can't make any sense of it. And there have been many readings where I've sat there going, this makes no sense. And my soul just, it's not your business, just say it. And so I learned blurting it out is the best way to start because then you can tell when your ego wants to get involved. And I, I, yeah, it's best to blurt and then get validation. But I still have clients like four years later, you said this, remember that? And this came true. And I'm like, that didn't make any sense at the time. But now all the puzzle pieces are in place and you can see where people's lives have like come to fruition. But I have to not use my ego to interpret. You've got to pick it up in its purest form and that's when it's coming in through your heart. I know for me, again, it's that physical sensation thing where you know the ego is not involved. My gut will react and I get hot in my gut if something's not good. Um, uh, not good for me right now. But if it is, I get chills. I get the goosebumps, the chicken skin, or I get literal like jolts of energy. So I'll often say it's like electricity running through me. And so I just follow that, think follow that, follow that, follow that. If I get that... Um, I know I'm onto something and I'll often get that during a meditation. I might meditate on something and even though my ego wants to go one way, the intuition will sh show me the other way through the physical response. But in the same way as well, I love it particularly as a business coach when I'm working with a client, when they say something that is pure and true for them, I get the chills then and it's nothing to do with me but my um, cells respond to their truth yeah and so that's beautiful because I know pursue that with them ask more about that or how do I encourage them to follow that even if their logic's saying oh I should change jobs or I shouldn't be doing that as soon as I get that response I know that's true mm. that's what intuition is it is truth mm. it is yeah it's purity yeah truth yeah so then for anybody that's listening, soul sisters that are listening today, how can we tap into our intuition? Quietening your mind down, <laughs> finding a way. It's not always meditation, but you can get guided meditations to yeah. help you. But some people find it really hard to sit and meditate with no noise. So there's guided meditation, there's colouring in, anything that's going to quieten down your egoic mind. And I know for me too, I like walking in the bush and looking for signs and clues. So I say, show me. I'll just say, show me, and I just walk. And so I might see a fork in a tree and I think, okay, I'm at a decision point. Do I go left or right? And I go, just choose. And it's a bit like Mel Robbins always says, five, four, three, two, one, go. Don't let your intellect get involved, just go. And so I practice going with my gut I might go for an hour walk in the bush and I just look for clues so I'm like oh that rock's pointing that way I'll just follow it <laughs> <laughs> and so I allow myself to just follow that and that's kind of flexing the muscle yeah yeah and feeling into it because mm. when you say you've got a fork in the road metaphorically to make a decision just see it I normally will put my hand in my heart to kind of anchor myself into that space and what feels good what feels joyful mm. and what feels fear? Am I making this decision because it's scarcity or fear or I'm freaking out about the consequences if I don't make that decision? But what feels good? What feels like love? Because everything's either love or fear. Yeah. As soon as you choose love, it will take you to more places that are love. Is it tight or, mm. or expansive? Mm. And that's the hardest thing, mm. I think, is letting go of 
those negative thoughts and feelings so that you can actually tap into Mm. your intuition or tap into that love. And I guess that's with a meditation is a tool or a channel to be able to do that, to let go, to quieten those negative thoughts, that monkey mind chatter. And it's practice. It's exercise. Mm. It's just like if you were bodybuilding to get bigger muscles, you have to do something to exercise this all the time in order for you to trust it. And And it's a bit like Beck here is a psychic medium because she's practiced that muscle. Mm. Actually, we all are. It's just that we're, we're like everyone can cook. Everyone can cook to some basic degree, but we don't call ourselves a chef because we haven't practiced the muscle. Exactly. Beck here can call herself a psychic medium because she's practiced that muscle and she's so in tune with it, but all of us have it. And so it's just up to us to lean into it and to trust it. And often it's not just our ego mind, it's listening to everyone else that's stopping us. So other people go, like your husband said to you, photography why do you want to do that and you knew right and it's that trying to convince others about your knowing because you can't logically explain yeah Mm. I uh, people always say oh it's a it's a gift I'm like it really is not a gift it's an ability that we all have we are all mind body soul and soul is intuition and we absolutely all have this ability whether you choose to exercise it or not is up to you but we all are intuitive beings Mm -hmm. and if we all as a collective started working on our intuition more rather than what our ego or the programming that we've been giving the world would be a very different place want to save your soul review us on apple podcast so some things that we can do is maybe start a a daily meditation whether that's in the morning or the evening whatever works for you I know a lot of people yeah. like to meditate first thing in the morning and start off the day yes with a calm quiet mind mm. um the automatic writing like yeah. you were saying yeah that's a great tool you know what else is another really great tool gratitude practicing gratitude every day can help you to get into the what feels good yes. and what feels joyful and if you're doing that every day then you can at least know how your body's responding to gratitude and what your body's responding to love, like where it starts to feel good inside of you and the goosebumps and the, you know, the rush that you get up and down your spine as that consciousness is coming in and affects your nervous system. So if you practice gratitude every day, then it helps you to tell the difference between how you're feeling. Yeah. There's some great guided meditations too that I really recommend by Joe Dispenza. And Joe has done a lot of actual scientific research on people um, trusting their intuition and when their their consciousness is expanding. And he will do a retreat with people for like 10 days. And by day three of practicing the meditations, you can start actually seeing they do brain scans of them. They can see when someone's about to have an epiphany right before they do. So they actually see it in their brain scan like an explosion and it's usually, and what meditation does as well, is helps our left and right brain connect. So normally we're in one side or the other and there's not many times when they actually connect and are synergistic and that's during meditation or during swimming in the ocean or walking in nature, those sorts of things, colouring in, automatic writing. And so his research actually, they can predict and go, this lady's about to go off, she's about to have an epiphany and they see it on the screen before she knows it logically. Where is it? Is it in the pineal gland? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. your pineal gland's like right in the centre between left yes. and right and it's like tucked away very safely <laughs> for a reason. And that's the pineal gland is like what people call their third eye. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So if you find yourself feeling anxious, fearful, 
having those negative thoughts that are dragging you, you know, your mood down and you're not sure if that's maybe your intuition or something else or or, or it really is just fear, get quiet. Mm-hmm. Get quiet. Actually stop you. I think it's, you know, stop those. If you can try and stop those thoughts and get quiet and sit with it. Do a meditation, whether that's guided, do some automatic writing, any kind whatever of that exercise. Is. And yep. you need to do it regularly. Yep. So when you do go into maybe fight or flight to be able to use your intuition in that state rather than use it from a state of panic. So you have to, you have to exercise it. You can't leave it until the last minute and then, oh, my goodness, is, am I having this experience because I'm in fear of am I having this experience because my intuition is telling me to run? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's right. The more you do it, the more you begin to trust it and know it. And also the more you observe your ego voice and go, oh, there it is, trying to keep me safe again. Yeah, that's yeah. the best bit, yeah. being able to tell the difference between your ego and tell the difference between your soul, your intuition. Yeah. That's why you need to exercise. Even just breathing. The breath, yeah. If you're noticing anxiety, taking, you know, some long exhales, taking time to breathe. And we don't do that very well either. And then you'll start to notice because when you're racing and your heart's racing, there's too much blood even going to your brain. And so, of course, that gets dominance. Yeah, and the adrenaline kicks in. Yeah, allowing the breath to bring energy to the whole body. And in yogic terms, they say we actually have five layers of our body. And the third is the intellect, and they call that the gateway. And they're like, that's the blocker. It's the trap door. And if you get stuck there, you never get to the deeper layers of knowing. Dolores Cannon calls the ego Mr. Stupid. <laughs> and that sums it up perfectly. I love that. <laughs> Mr. Stupid. Mr. Stupid. Yeah. I'm going to call my ego that from now on. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Beck. Okay, girls, thank you so much for coming in today and pulling that apart, looking at our intuition and how we can tap into it more. So how can we find out about you girls? And if people want to reach out to you, how can they do that? Best way for me is usually LinkedIn. So just look up Alexandria Joy yeah, on LinkedIn or alexandriajoy.com.au. Mine's my website, www.rebeccagibson.com.au or I'm always on Facebook. I'm on Clubhouse now. Clubhouse. That really teaches you to listen. (laughs) It's all happening in the Clubhouse. (laughs) I like Clubhouse. And if you would like to talk further or get some more information about your intuition, you can uh, email info at thesisterco.com or go to thesisterco.com website. Fantastic. Thanks, all sisters. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Mel. Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesisterco.com.